Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Friendly Critic Podcast. My name is Jack Murphy. Today I get into my personal movie interests and I discuss what are my top five movies, uh, a little bit into my favorite actors and some of my favorite writers and producers as well. Uh, But yeah, this one was a bit more off the top of my head, but it hopefully gives you a little bit of insight into my personal taste. So enjoy. So today figured I would go into some movies and things that I like, do an episode just on my own, see how it goes. Uh, I've been wanting to get more episodes out there, but it's been pretty crazy, pretty busy lately, so I haven't had as much time to work on it as I'd like, so I have some notes prepped for this episode, but it'll be mostly impromptu, I would say, or mostly improvised, whatever the right term is, but, you know, kind of wanted to do a similar, like, similar topics from the last episode. I'll give what I think are my top five, and then we'll see how long the episode gets, and go into maybe, like, elements that I like about movies and what are my genres or actors or producers that I like. So we'll see what it kind of turns into. I do have some notes here, but yeah, it's going to be mostly impromptu. So let's see, starting with top five movies, this is kind of, this is definitely difficult because obviously I feel like it's difficult for everyone. You have to just put five, you know, there's too many to pick. And also there's, I feel like there's going to be recency bias for what I remember of late. I definitely tried to go through just Googling or like searching IMDb for just for a, a little bit of refresher of like lists of, you know, IMDb has their list of like top 250 movies or something of all time. And, you know, it's hard to even put that list out there because it's subjective. But those, it's a good baseline to remember some ones that I forgot, I thought. So it's definitely a fluid list, I would say. And also, I think it's not, I don't know if it's ranked necessarily. It's it's like a general top five. So it's hard to, to figure out what's my number one favorite movie of all time. Okay, so I had to put The Dark Knight as one of them. Definitely Christopher Nolan fan. I'll uh, just pull up the the details here just if I want to reference any. I mean, you got some great actors, right? You got Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Aaron Eckhart. I mean, this is a, it's kind of a cliche answer, you know, because I feel like a lot of people like this movie. But that's part of why it's so good. You know, I mean, it's got a 9 out of 10 rating on IMDb. And I think IMDb is is mainly just like users, viewers. I don't think it's critics based. So uh, 
So it was appealing to a general audience. Yeah, and, and really I like the the whole storyline, like starting with Batman Begins and going into Dark Knight Rises after the Dark Knight. So it was all very interesting. I mean, people talked about Heath Ledger's performance as like one of the best performances of all time for out of like any performance. It's def it's up there. And I think, and I'm not too familiar with his, like, field of work, body of work, I should say. But, you know, I've seen him in, like, A Knight's Tale. Looks like he's in Brokeback Mountain, which I haven't seen that. But that one I've heard is, you know, I've heard that's good. I really just haven't seen him in a lot of other stuff. But from my understanding, it seemed like... People were kind of criticizing Nolan or whoever's choice it was to cast him. And then he ends up doing, giving like that extremely high level of performance. So I think that is one of the reasons why it was so critically acclaimed for sure. And then Christian Bale also just like a lot. I think he's one of those, another one of those actors that definitely dives into his roles. You know, he's the guy that lost like 60 pounds or a crazy amount for his role in The Machinist. And he's in like a ton of good stuff. He's in, well, he's in the whole Dark Knight series. He's in American Hustle. He's in American Psycho or whatever. I think he got good uh, reviews for that. The Prestige. He's in a ton of Christopher Nolan's stuff. Just another all-around good actor. I think, you know, I always appreciate good actors and uh, genuine performances, which we kind of talked about in the last episode, too. It's like if you feel the characters are believable and like the actors are usually with a big budget film like this, obviously the acting is pretty good. You're not going to have cheesy type stuff, but sometimes you do. And then there's obviously Michael Caine, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gary Oldman. Morgan Freeman, Cillian Murphy, or Killian, uh, like all of these people are super huge as well. Either were big at the time or have gone on to be big. You know, all of these factors, reasons why I like it. And if, when it comes down to the story, you know, I think Nolan's writing style is, uh, it's good. it's good to where it's like appeals to the broad audience. And I think it has enough action and enough, like, for this Batman, I feel like it's the first time that we saw kind of the modern, like, technology with what Bruce Wayne is able to bring. I mean, he's, like, obviously a billionaire, so it makes sense that you have all this crazy military-level technology he has access to, and they made it feel, you know, cool and... Uh, it's always fun, like, regardless of what, what you watch movies for, I feel like just seeing stuff like that makes it interesting. But then the story is good because, yeah, like, it, there's these factors that appeal to general audience. But then at the same time, like, there's enough drama or there's enough intrigue and mystery that you're, like, you can't totally predict the plot and you're uh, you're still guessing to what, the Joker's gonna do. I do think it's interesting. I don't know if it's this 
I think it is this one where there's the quote where it's like you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You know, I like that kind of storyline because it's where the hero, Bruce Wayne, Batman, you know, sacrifices his reputation, his status as the vigilante hero, you know, sacrifices that to become the villain in order for the good of the the city and the people, at least in his mind and what he thinks is best. And then just with the Joker as an interesting villain, where it's like his his motivation is kind of just chaos. It's not a, I don't know, it, it definitely, it wasn't like a typical villain, I don't think, where there's kind of this power trip or like kind of classic, almost James Bondy type villain arcs that you see, you know. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm probably butchering a lot of collected thoughts on the movie, but like I said, it's a little bit impromptu, so... So I just, I thought of The Princess Bride as well, you know. I don't know if, I don't know, maybe for people that know me that it would be an unexpected pick, but I thought it was a really well-made movie. 1987, so older, has Carrie Ellis, or Ellis, however you say his name, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Patinkin, I don't know how to say his name either, Andre the Giant, and Wallace Shawn. Gave a great performance as Vizzini. Billy Crystal, of course. There's a lot of star power in this one, too. But yeah, obviously, it's it's got a lot of the kind of similar appeal, where it's like a fantasy adventure. So it has that appeal to the general audience and why it definitely got good reviews. But then it's also just got just great comedic writing. And not your typical, like, fantasy story. Which I think, you know, that's obviously, like, what they're going for. Because it's the it's the classic, you know, save the princess from the evil prince or king or uh, what have you. So, you know, that's why I think it has such critical acclaims. Because they took the kind of same tired, almost essentially overplayed story but make it really funny really interesting great performances by the actors i really like carrie elves performance as wesley and mandy patinkin's performance as inigo (laughs) and then even like andre the giant was really good as fezzik and it's i don't you know this is 87 obviously so it's before my time for when he was big but, you know, he was like a pro wrestler or whatever, but he did a, a really good job for acting. I don't know if he was been in other acting roles. I mean, maybe like he was super huge. So he kind of <laughs> fulfills that giant stereotype, obviously. Okay, yeah, there's like, well, okay, so thinking back into the dialogue and stuff, like the whole scenes, the scenes where Wesley... It's like going up against his three enemies, essentially, right? Like in the beginning with Inigo, his dialogue there, and then Fezzik and then Vicini. Like, those, in my opinion, those are the best scenes. Because the, the fight, obviously, with Inigo 
and they're just like <laughs> kidding along and he's like uh you seem like a nice guy i'd, I'd hate to kill you <laughs> stuff like that makes it really funny same kind of thing with fezzik and then <laughs> i think the, the scene with vizzini is just classic because he's got the classic poison chalice or poison cup with the wine and he's he is just back and forth where Vicini thinks that he has him and he goes through all of the scenarios like well obviously you wouldn't put the poison in front of your own cup because you would expect me to switch it and you know whatever <laughs> like his dialogue in that is really funny so there's just too many scenes like that really to go through that make it really good and why i'd put it in my top five because there's there's also like the billy crystal and his wife and they're like the old uh miracle max or whatever i think is that, that's what i'm seeing and they have to bring him back to life <laughs> and their dialogue as like the the old kind of tired married couple you know provides good comedy as well okay thinking through my list it's okay i don't want to be judged necessarily it's kind of if you think of stereotypical masculine it kind of is okay i mean there are some ways where i'm stereotypical masculine my preference so sorry about that i try to remain pretty open expanding my horizons but like thinking about my top movie <laughs> there's a lot of action type stuff i guess so i put the matrix up here as my next one 1999 wakowski directors like they were brothers at the time now they're like transitioned to women keanu reeves obviously really young at the time lawrence fishburne is great hugo weaving probably my favorite character in that series honestly just with his performance as agent smith carrie ann moss you know she's pretty good as trinity it's kind of for like the big name but yeah the the big thing with the matrix right is the the whole story really really interesting it definitely at the time just talking about computer simulation especially in 1999 i feel like it was kind of ahead of its time but even looking back at it too like when we have a more developed internet it's cool to just see their take on computer simulation and this is the one where you definitely appreciate the the fantasy sci-fi aspect of the story like what would it be like to be in the simulation um and the cool aspects of like oh when when they realize the that they're in the matrix you know they can manipulate their surroundings and manipulate uh what they do within the matrix so you can upload like any uh knowledge you want like he's able to just instantly learn kung fu or whatever fighting or probably anything so that that aspect was cool right it had the cool factor a lot of fighting scenes obviously uh aliens and yeah i think just the appeal to me is just the the hero's storyline of neo and to me yeah i like the the ties to 
that you can make to like the Christian story or the story of Jesus. It's interesting because I don't know exactly if the writers were intending that, but at the time of writing it, but there's definitely a lot of parallels to where you have, you know, kind of a unknown hero that comes onto the scene and kind of just the, the essence of the simulation itself, right? Like the world that they're in, these people are plugged into a machine and they're not aware that they are. They're not aware that they're like going through the motions or going through their lives like and without realizing that they're kind of feeding this evil machine, right? And I think that's a lot of parallels to our world and the living your life without faith or without faith in Christ because you're kind of just going through the motions. You're like, what are you living for, right? Like living your life without purpose. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, I feel like just like a lot of people, you're kind of just going through the motions or, and it's like the ones that are searching for their purpose, right? They can end up finding it. And that was Neo, where he, he was not satisfied in his life and was searching. And that's where, you know, Morpheus was able to find him. And so, you know, there's obviously mixed elements, right? There's not a perfect parallel to the Jesus story or the Christian story because Jesus like knew his purpose from the beginning of when he came into the earth. But there's just cool elements there where you have uh, an unknown hero like saving the world and uh, sacrificing himself for the good of everyone. So that's definitely one of the major appeals for watching this movie. And yeah, like I said, kind of alluded to before, Hugo Weaving's performance as Agent Smith is cool. It's kind of like the parallel of the devil or Satan, where he's like the head of the agents and the uh, bad guys, where he's like a head uh, of the computer programs, right? Like he's not an alien necessarily or a machine. I'm saying aliens. I think I said aliens before, but it's not aliens. It's machines. It's like AI machines that rose up and took over the world and enslaved the humans. So, which that's another cool element. I really think AI is interesting. And I don't think that there's really a possibility for perfect AI. I don't think there would be AI that would could reach the level that reaches this movie. But obviously, you know, it's cool to play it out. and interesting to play out what could happen but yeah like smith his whole purpose is like he like despises humans and thinks they're no good and just needed for energy for the machines pretty much and it's it's kind of like this parallel to satan in the sense where you know he's he just wants to enslave the humans and sin and or yeah it's not a perfect parallel, but I think it's the best, like, villains are the ones that have, in their mind, their purpose. Like, they believe that what they're doing is right. And so they have, like, a really strong motivation and a strong will to complete that. 
task or purpose. Because in his mind, he thought humans were just like abysmal and terrible and should be obliterated. So he he thought that he was doing a service to the world and by getting rid of the humans and that it would be a better existence for everyone if the machines were in charge. Kind of just leaving off with the Matrix, you know, I... I think I got into the main talking points that I wanted to hit. Just a really interesting story, a lot of elements that make you analyze life like your own life, right? And you kind of take away, um, you know, what's what is your purpose in life? And uh, movies like that, I definitely appreciate. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how long I want this episode to go, but probably get into maybe one or two more movies and then I want to talk about maybe just like the writers or directors but I think I should probably touch on like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings I kind of have them on the same wavelength where it's like their sagas interesting story it's got the the fantasy aspect or sci-fi aspect for Star Wars. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to pick which one that I liked more. I think when you're coming down to Star Wars, they've they've kind of, I don't know, they've kind of tainted it a little bit for me with some of their newer stuff. I just didn't like it as much. I think the Mandalorian like was good. And I'll probably check out Obi-Wan. But yeah, it's like adding these TV shows, you know, probably won't go into that as far as analysis of the overall story. But I like the original six movies. But yeah, you have not a lot of like big name people like Harrison Ford. If you're talking about the original three was like the, the biggest name. I think that was one of his earlier works as well. And he like went on to do a lot of other stuff. Um, But like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, like didn't end up doing as much big stuff. Well, Mark Hamill, like he went on to be super into voice acting and stuff. And he's like a really kind of well-renowned voice actor. So that's cool. Um, But yeah, haven't seen him that much as far as like on the big screen, like he was in star Wars. Um, but yeah, star Wars, obviously, you know, super broad appeal, critically acclaimed. Uh, so it kind of, yeah, I don't know because I feel like I'm saying really broad or like general movies, but that's what I could think of for, what I like and I mean it's a it's okay I guess if you like the popular movies you know I mean that's why they're popular because they're good and it's probably it probably goes in line with the feel of this podcast right like it's it's a friendly critic casual analysis on movies so you know it's totally okay I think and like it kind of is almost like you avoid the snobbery in a sense, if you're not like, well, my top 
or these independent films, obscure, whatever, which it's like fine. Like I like independent films, but yeah, I think there's some critics or some people that maybe get a little bit high and mighty with that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I'm just going into a tangent now. Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. It's kind of interesting because it, you know, it's a really cool, unique story as far as this whole galaxy and the people in it and like the Jedi. I feel like that was a unique concept for their way of life and um, the force and stuff. Um, You know, so it had the cool action with um, the fighting and the gunfights. And then you, you have kind of the relatable like backdrop of imperialism and war and conflict between governments and um but then with the same time you have the hero storyline where uh in the episodes four five and six right like the original three luke's uh hero storyline and development and your main villain of like darth vader um so following his journey is interesting and relatable and then with the original three that were made later, uh, or not original three, the episodes one, two, and three that were made later, those got a lot of flack, you know, but I think they were pretty good. It was more of the story of Anakin and his transition down into the dark side, right? Turning into Darth Vader. So it was interesting. Yeah, I think... They can be a little bit clunky, like all the movies, because was it George Lucas or whatever? Is he was kind of like weird, like his writing was kind of weird, and the actors periodically would mention like to him, like George, why does this dialogue? <laughs> why does this go like this? Like this doesn't make sense in the flow. And I don't, I don't know too much about George Lucas, I guess, but like. He seems kind of nerdy, probably, for writing this story. And so it's just interesting how it kind of played out, or you see some of that awkwardness in the dialogue. I think there's even, I feel like I saw a video recently of like Mark Hamill on a talk show. It was like maybe like Johnny Carson or whatever back in the day. And he's like explaining how one of his lines was kind of just like a, a huge run on sentence and he's just kind of word vomiting and he's like uh why do i have to say this this doesn't make a lot of sense so some of that stuff is like a little bit awkward but i think the overall story makes up for it and uh obviously it's like a huge brand now and disney owns it and just huge general appeal to a wide array of audiences but yeah, and then there was, there's kind of, there's some comedy elements and like lighthearted elements. I think especially in the uh, four, five, and six movies. And then one, two, and three, they're, they're kind of more serious and more, uh, kind of more political, right? Like you talked about, or they showed how the empire kind of formed and the emperor's 
rise to power and how it was kind of just a political takeover and he manipulated a lot of people in the Senate or whatever, the council, um, for things to go his way. And he was able to get the, the clone army created and end up being the stormtroopers later. So I did think that was interesting as far as the story development and like seeing how all the pieces come together from the episodes four, five, and six. So watching episodes one, two, and three, how that connects and stuff, you know. And then obviously like the huge storyline that I think a lot of people liked was in the, for the original three, right? Four, five, and six, Darth Vader's storyline where, you know, he's this bad guy, evil kind of soulless essentially. And he'll like choke out, force choke his own workers or whatever, like people on the Imperial staff if things don't go his way so like very evil in that sense but then he comes around as luke learns more about his past and that vader is his father and you know the huge that's the classic luke i'm your father whatever line which isn't there some misconception on that that's like he doesn't actually say that but people always quote that there's something about that but yeah, so his storyline where I think it's mostly episode six where he's like, he has a lot of back and forth with Luke. And I like that because he, he gets him to come around and he sees like that he's not, the dark side hasn't completely taken over him. Like there's good in him. And then in the end, he like sacrifices himself for Luke and like, kills the emperor or whatever that's another element where you know anyone's gonna get behind that because you you want to see the comeback story or like the turnaround where someone changes for the better lots of cool elements lots of good reasons why it's a good movie i think so probably quickly touch on like genres and producers and stuff Obviously, like the movies that I've mentioned, the genres, action, definitely in a lot of uh, fantasy, sci-fi, kind of for that cool appeal, like getting immersed in the story, doing the what if, analyzing your own life through them. Appreciate that. And I think kind of like the mind bending or the challenging type movies are like so like the matrix has that element and the dark knight in a sense where it like keeps you guessing but also just witty like comedies like princess bride so then kind of touched on it for producers directors i like christian bale or he's an actor i like christopher nolan a lot of his work i didn't mention like Tarantino, a lot of his work, like I had Inglorious Bastards as one of my top five as well, which I didn't really go into, but yeah, just his stories, like he's, he's all over the place with like the topics I feel like of his movies, but good writing and action has the action intrigue and 
good character development. Oh, for actors, yeah, I think Christian Bale, definitely one of my top actors just because he's so versatile and his roles, his commitment to the roles. I think, too, like, what is it, Tom Hardy? I think, right? Yeah. He's very much like that, too, where, like, he'll dive into a role and can look drastically different for the characters that he's playing from movie to movie. I think he's really good. I do think Joaquin Phoenix is really good in his stuff, especially lately in the that Joker movie, which I think he got an Oscar for that performance, right? Like, he is definitely critically acclaimed, his performance, and so, yeah, I think... I do, I appreciate the actors that seem to really get into their role and can kind of change from movie to movie based on what the character is supposed to be. Because I feel like that just shows how dynamic they are and their skill as an actor. Because I think there's some people, right, where it's like, you know, no offense to Tom Cruise, but he kind of plays the same character in every movie that he's in, you know? And it's like, sure, if you like that movie, you know, that's fine. It's totally, you're totally free to like whatever movie you like. But it's just not for me. Like, it's, there's less appeal there just because it's like, okay, I've seen, I feel like I've seen this character before, you know? Like, I've seen this story, essentially. He's the same guy in every movie. <laughs> So, yeah, if if they're able to show a dynamic range, I think that's what I appreciate more. So even, even I think, too, like Brad Pitt, he's in a lot of stuff that I like. He's in, like, Fight Club and Oceans. He's kind of unique, I feel like, in the sense where he's got, like, the pretty boy vibe, right? And it's like, he could have easily, I feel like, have been a Tom Cruise type guy where he just kind of does the same character because he's like Mr. Good looking guy. But I feel like his range is very good and his ability to act out different characters is really good, which is why he's in so many good movies. Right. And like, like fight club was one of his classics and even like he's in Moneyball, like it's very, different from the fight club character and there's there's another one i was thinking of oh well, yeah he's in like inglorious bastards the oceans movies mr and mrs smith he's in like seven yeah which another really good movie so yeah i think burn after reading that's the one i was thinking i think curious case of benjamin button so yeah, I really I like a lot of the movies that he's in. So I think I would kind of I'd have to put him up there as one of my favorite actors just cuz he's in a lot of movies that I like and so a big part of that is his performance in it and he's uh really dynamic like that. I think kind of on the second of, along with that would be maybe like Matthew McConaughey cuz he's kind of like that too where he's a little bit like pretty boyish. But he, I feel like he's come on lately where he can be more dynamic. I feel like that kind of started when he was on that 
uh, true detective series. He gave like a really good performance there. Then he was in like Dallas Buyers Club, another one where he like lost a lot of weight. And you know, for actors, they're all kind of weird, right? Like I I can't speak for them in real life as a person. So I don't know if I necessarily agree or like what they're like in real life, but just from their performances on the screen, those guys, definitely who I respect a lot. I do. I want to mention some actresses too. I'm ter- I'm not as good with actress, like keeping up who's in what, but I guess I've, I think like Natalie Portman would be one. She's in a lot in the same kind of thing where, She's pretty dynamic and can go into different roles and totally change like who she is depending on what the role is. I appreciate that. That's that's part of what I think I want to do more research on or get more figuring out wise is like who who is my top like actress or top actresses. Because there are, there's great female characters in like pretty much all of those movies that I mentioned. But yeah, I guess in those, yeah, it's not as like not of the a lot of the big name actresses. So that's kind of why I guess I lean more towards the actor side. But but yeah, that's something that I'll try and look out more for and like do more analysis on. I think that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Yeah, thanks for checking out this episode of the pod. Hoping to get more guests on. Hoping to do a little bit more frequent uploads. But I've kind of got a busy life coming up, so we'll see. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to leave a rating or a review, I would appreciate it. That'd be great, whether you're on Apple or Spotify. Otherwise, stay tuned for more episodes.